Welcome back to our second Handmaid's Tale podcast. This week, we're going to discuss the 1976 AP Literature Prompt. The conflict created when the will of an individual opposes the will of the majority is the recurring theme of many novels, plays, and essays. Select the work of an essayist who is in opposition to his or her society, or from a work of recognized literary merit, select a fictional character who is in opposition to his or her society. In a critical essay, analyze the conflict and discuss the moral and ethical implications for both the individual and the society. Do not summarize the plot or action of the work you chose. So first off, I'm just going to start off with a brief discussion about Alfred and her kind of dual personality where she, um, for part of the novel, she she's compliant and is kind of submissive and tries to comply with all the rules and regulations that are put in place by all the ants. But then in the other half of the novel, she's in this more rebellious state where she goes out with the commander to Jezebel's and doesn't really follow all these rules. And so in the first half of the novel, we, she, we see that she follows the strict, uh, the strict standards enforced by Aunt Lydia, and she tries to avoid a lot of the interactions with the, with the male commanders. And she even follows a strict dress code and refrains from smoking, drinking alcohol, which some of the handmaids were actually caught doing. And then I think a good extension of this theme is her will to live versus desire to rebel. So we see that she's switching back between um, whether or not she's being compliant or trying to rebel. We see that it's driven by either wanting to avoid all conflict, just trying to stay alive and trying to act out. Because we see, especially after she has acted out against society, she realizes to herself that she'd rather just keep living like towards the end she is under a ton of stress because she realizes that she would take it all back if she met if it meant that she would be able to live her life and i think something we can see as far as the switching back and forth between being compliant and rebelling is that at the very end of the novel she ultimately ultimately decides to let others rebel because we see that when she knew the eyes were coming for her instead of doing any of the things she listed out in her head, most of which involved suicide. She decided to put her trust in Nick and hope that he would, was part of a rebellion for her. Yeah. Uh, building on that idea of author trying to survive, although she does survive, uh, there's a very strong mental effect on her and basically a lot of the handmaids there, uh, because the society is so degrading to women and it really deprives them of any mental stimulation, uh, it forces her to overanalyze everything. Whenever she meets somebody, uh, she sees things that aren't there. She goes over events in her mind constantly. And especially the scene with the roses, she just sees symbols where there aren't any. And just doing that all the time kind of makes you go insane. And yeah. also... In addition to this, a lot of the things that she could enjoy before going back to the freedom twos, um, like sex and 
having just sexual freedom is taken away because it's more of a job and a duty instead of actually enjoyable. And I think it's important to highlight that Alfred uh, isn't able to experience these things. Yeah, and I think this theme isn't, it's not necessarily something that's, that uniquely applies to Alfred. I think a lot of the women in Gilead kind of feel the same feel the same way about trying to be compliant versus being rebellion versus being rebellious. And we see this with Moira, especially. And I think in a lot of ways, Moira inspires Alfred to rebel and reach out and do a lot of the things with the commander. Yeah. I think a further effect that this has on Ofrid is that she kind of starts to lose it mentally. Like we see she has, three different theories about what could have happened to Luke, whether he's alive or whether he escaped or whether he's a prisoner somewhere or whether he has a bullet in his head. And she needs all of them just to keep herself mentally in check. And we also see that she keeps thinking of her mother and hoping she's alive when in reality we are pretty sure that she's in the colonies and is likely dead. And even though she has all these things that she uses to try to keep her mentally in check, she still is thinking about all every time she sees a method that she could use to kill the commander. And immediately that's the first thing that comes to mind um, just because of the mental toll this is all taken on her. Okay. Moving on from the initial prompt, uh, we'd also like to talk about a contemporary theme of women's rights and how it kind of relates to the real world. And this is really expanded upon in the historical notes, which are fiction, but also a warning of what could happen. And the historical notes are mainly narrated by men, which is uh, already a strong statement because it really should have been women who re- uh, reorganized the tapes because they would be able to understand that better. And it's really uh, not okay that they're able to kind of manipulate what Offred is saying. And also the men try to make make excuses for Gilead's cruelty and just try to paint them in a brighter light, which is very troublesome for the future because the, the same thing could happen again. And I think uh, it's a real warning to us that uh, the society of Gilead. Yeah, it's interesting how in the, the historical notes of the book, it's the men that are kind of explaining and educating the people in the lecture about this feminism that was taking place um, because they're also kind of trying to dismiss it as something that wasn't really as important as it was for a lot of these women. And you can also see this with a lot of, um, a lot of contemporary educational subjects and a lot of different things relating to that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing to note from this is just the fact that they are they have found uh, tapes that have been made by a woman, a woman who is speaking out against the oppression that she has faced from men, and then men are the ones dismissing it. So I think we can't really trust any of the evidence that the men use to try to dismiss this because in reality, it's them that the tapes are speaking out against. Yeah, and this might be a bit of a stretch, but 
one could even maybe compare this to the the Brett Kavanaugh hearings where I forgot what her name was. I believe her last name was Ford. One woman or the one woman um, testified before the Senate recounting how Kavanaugh assaulted her, but then how he was still confirmed anyways. And just that whole that whole event was just shocking and disgusting like that something like that should never happen but it happened and it just shows that stuff like this and stuff like this can still happen and how um how women are kind of pushed how women are considered inferior in a lot of ways especially during these instances Thanks for listening to our Handmaid's Tale podcast. Stay tuned for our next series where we discuss Cormac McCarthy's novel, The Road.